0: Oh, you want me to read this? Well, fine, as long as I'm being paid. Right. Hmm. We're obliged to begin this RPG News podcast with a warning that it contains RPG News. It has come to our attention that one person was so dismayed by the inclusion of RPG News in this RPG News podcast that he took to the interwebs to publicly proclaim his disappointment at such a waste of his time... If you are allergic to RPG news, we strongly recommend that you do not listen to this RPG news podcast. There, I think that's us legally in the clear. All the tabletop role playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG show. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is...
1: Pete Coffee from the Southampton Guild for All Players. Russ, how's ever? It's an absolute delight to be here. i great. I sense an uh, eerie presence in the room. Eerie? That's harsh. <laughs> that's fair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jessica Hancock, and I'm the Publishing Administrator at EM Publishing, along with other things.
0: Ah, yeah, I so see. Jess has come on to tell us all about the side of publishing that you don't normally see. Ooh. The bits where she constantly sends me new and exciting bills to pay, for example, yes. sort of four or five times a day. At times, just all these bills just flooding in, saying, "Well, can you pay this? first, can you pay this? And well, I just sit there looking at pay. my phone going, oh, 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 stop sending me bills.
2: Well, it's mostly because yeah. you ask me to organize and arrange these things and they and when <laughs> I do that they say great can you send me some money? So well, how does it? Mm. I know it's, That's it's not kind part of. A, of the deal. I know it's oh. kind of part of the process, which is we
1: require money for goods and services. I know yeah.
2: it's wild. It's wild, but you yeah. know what is can that I sort do? Of,
1: is that sort of important insight, which is why you're bit...
2: <laughs> Exactly. So one of the things I do to explain to Russ that capitalism is a thing, <laughs> <laughs> really? and uh, in that order to hard. in order to sell our books to people, we need to give yes. other people money so they can make them for us. So wow. that was the first thing.
1: 101 yeah because <laughs> well, i, I, I explain, explain the sharp up to. <laughs> <laughs> i we'll probably get
0: into it a lot more a little bit later but yeah. um <laughs> but the, the work that jess does is so important for any company and i've said this before in various different podcasts and shows and, and things but every every company basically has someone like jess i mean not exactly like jess because that would be kind of weird yeah. I mean, maybe the they do. Maybe, maybe there's like this clone you army do, of You do have everybody to be... Has
2: one. Yeah, you do have to be ginger to do this job. It's part of the prerequisites, yeah, 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 obviously, yeah. yeah. All right, then.
0: W- would you like to hear about a an action figure? Boy, would I.
1: Oh, yes, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's good news and there's bad news, Peter. Yes. The good news is that there's yes. a an action figure alternatively that's the bad news depending okay. on your perspective right. and the bad news which could be the good news also yeah. depending on your perspective I have no idea what I'm saying now no. uh, is that you can't buy it Oh. me personally you personally and anyone in this country or anyone who's not an American
1: uh, we've had this discussion about the ability to and willingness to <laughs> they are different words <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's, it's I won't buy it. <laughs> I can't buy it but it's it's but I can't a, and it's, a, it's, a, yes, more it's more another one look. of these Hasbro pulse things you know, there was um, the Hero yes, Quest one that's going yeah. on at the moment. Yeah, the one that meant that we couldn't buy HeroQuest because it was only for Americans. Yes, yeah. well, yeah.
0: this uh, this Tristaworden action figure is also only okay. for Americans.
1: Oh well, uh, if, if you if you live in the continental United States, and related, excellent news. Excellent yeah, news. or terrible news, depending on how much you like Drizzt. What about you, Jessica? Are you are you, are you saddened?
2: I mean. I'm alright with it, really.
1: <laughs> I wasn't too. <laughs> I,
2: I'll, I'll cope. I wasn't too worried about the Hero Quest one either because I still have my original copy from when I was eight, nice. so um, and that's still intact. I've laminated things and all sorts of other exciting stuff <laughs> to keep it to keep it safe.
0: Yeah, I have a copy somewhere, okay. but I can't find it. It's one of those things I know I used to own, but what the hell happened to it
1: over the years? I've got no idea. Providing anyway, fine nesting material for. Happy family of mice, somewhere. Yes. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Quite or, possibly.
2: Or a Hudson chew toy.
0: <gasps> anyway, way. this uh, this Drasterwooden action figure comes That's with it. the the panther. Oh, Guinevere or something. Uh, Guinevere Gwen, Gwen Gwenwha, as, as it's correctly pronounced. Yes. Gwenwha, you have to say it like that as well with a funny voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And let's have a look. So it is thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They have a limit of two per customer, or zero yes. per customer, if you're not American.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so you can't get three and Panthers? No, you cannot. I'd say.
0: Okay. It's, it's a pre-order at the moment, and it's coming out in December, 12-18-2020, the 12th of the 18th. 12th day of the 18th month.
2: I think that's an American thing. That's why they I won't it, let us have it, because yes. we got really confused by the dates, and it just, yeah...
0: No, what's hap- what's happened is they they're only selling it in a special American date. We
1: don't have that month, the eighteenth month.
2: Oh. oh, that yeah, that's, what I'm that's saying. why that's we why. can't
1: buy it. Yeah, because yeah. we Does yeah. yeah. explain the advantages that the American economy has been enjoying. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yes. So uh, Americans doing dates backwards. So that's the t- the eighteenth of December. That's right, isn't it?
2: I'm now now actually confused myself. Yes. 12-18 is 18th of December. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Americans do dates correctly. I can't work it out. It's too difficult.
2: Good job. You're doing great.
1: (laughs) Come on, believe.
0: (laughs) Uh, So you get the two figures. You get 10 accessories, which are like little things you can hold, like swords and stuff.
1: The usual. Do you get different costumes that you can dress him up?
0: in? I don't think he comes in actual costumes. I think just things that you can stick yeah. in his hands and maybe this on his head say, or something. I don't this, know.
1: This sounds like a very mediocre doll. <laughs> I
0: like, wouldn't know, yeah. play dress it properly. Um, well you get two swords. You get icing death and two twinkle. Swords. Once the <laughs> <for twinkle>. <laughs> Sorry, a twinkle a sword. You didn't and know the sorts were called. <laughs> I forgot. I
1: did know that, but I have forgotten.
0: <laughs> like, icing Death sounds terrible. And then Twinkle is just like, it's complete opposite, I think. Also, you get six cards. Ooh. Um, I don't know what's on those cards. Uh, and you get an oversized Icewind Dale D20.
1: An oversized? Yes. How oversized are we talking? Are we talking like an inch, two inches? That is not a thing that I know. <sighs> I do know that it's oversized. I do like oversized dice. I think it's from thirteenth age where you need a really Mm. massive D six, so you just ram it on the table and shout. Escalation! I do like I do like the escalation dice. (laughs) I do like an escalation dice. Yeah. It's very scary. Always be escalating. Uh, right. Oh
0: talking of dice then. Let's stick with dice for the moment. Uh, Dice Ice Cubes. Ice cubes. Ice 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 cube terrible dice. Ice cube trays. Yes. With uh, slots for polyhedral dice. So you could do an entire set. It's on Kickstarter at the moment. It's called Mm -hmm. Ice Dice, I believe, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're looking dubious,
0: but I really like this
1: idea. I I, I think it would work for D4s, but wouldn't it be a real pain to get out the others?
2: Well, it's kind of two, got two parts in it, so you've got a bit it's underneath and parts. a bit above. So yeah. you pour it in that way, so it is oh. completely 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Interesting, they can yeah. like, sort of open it up. Okay. And okay. they so said
2: the, you can use them for, like, candies and jellies and stuff, so you couldn't just – you could put mm-hmm. anything in there instead of just so – So you well, could – yeah.
1: What, what I'm hearing you suggest is you can make a chocolate mold. You could, I guess?
2: I imagine, yeah. So you could take it to a oh. game, and if you roll a one, just eat the dice in, you know, in anger – just to really free out of friends. If they don't yes. know it's food as well. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> if they just
2: think it's a regular dice and you've made like a rock hard candy and you're just like, ah, and just eat it. And they're like, oh my God. lord
1: <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah. I coach, coach. Yeah. I like the way your eyes litter about this suggestion.
2: Sorry, podcast listeners. You don't get to see my crazy eyes.
1: Uh, <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't get to see crazy eyes. You do see beard. You don't get to see the monstrosity that is my hair. Which is currently extremely tamped down. It's not as bad as my current attempt.
2: Well, 2020's been a whole thing for everybody's hair.
1: The, the That's twi- not the 2020 lockdown for the new way forwards. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, ice dice, which mm-hmm. is what we yes. were talking about.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. Ice dice. Uh, ice dice. Yes. Yes. So uh, a tray costs uh, thirteen pounds for one tray, and that contains one a slot for one of each dice type. Die type.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, standard polyhedrals. All right. Yes. Yeah, so you get a D- do you get
0: D D4 in there? Yeah, you do get a D4 in there. So D4, D6, D8, D12, D10, D20? Yes. No? Yes. That sounds about right. That's a lot.
1: That's
0: a yeah. lot of, that's, that's right. about. There's it's one, the two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's six slots. Yeah, so all six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, uh, you can get two trays for 24 quid, which is Maybe. around Same 33 US dollars. Mm-hmm. Or a pack of four for £44, pounds, which is about 60 US dollars. Interesting. And I've already backed this one. I backed this yesterday. As soon as I saw it, I backed it. I had to. Right. You, you oh. felt obliged to. But only for the one tray. Okay. Not
2: well, I'm not, gonna,
0: I'm not going to actually use them as dice. I'm just going to use them as ice cubes. Just novelty dice-shaped ice cubes, I guess.
2: For parties. All the parties yeah. we have in All 2020. All the
0: parties I'm currently having.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Parties
0: for me and my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll we'll
2: probably enjoy them. That's a nice
0: ice cubes. yeah. There
1: you go. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, right. Ooh, a playtest document went out this morning.
1: Ooh.
0: It did. For level 1. about it. It was uh, the mm. Rogue or the yeah. Rouge, depending on how you misspell it. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm actually
0: uh, gonna, I'm, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually going to do use my executive power to actually rename the Rogue to Rouge officially in Level Up. It the would Throosh. save
1: a, a lot of it problems would. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: as someone with mm-hmm. dyslexia, I'd really appreciate that because it's a common mistake I make.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, so. all you have to do is make sure that all your um, dishonest and thieving characters. Where red leather armor, bitch, boom,
2: stop Easy, easily done. I've also had yeah. Rouge Trooper in the past as
0: well, that <laughs> I've written a lot, which sounds like. No, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a nice different game off. entirely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, we're talking about the Rogue. So the Rogue went yes. out this morning. Yes. So you can go along and you can download the playtest for the Rogue right now. Uh, yes. The survey for the Rogue will go out Monday or Tuesday. And like the fighter survey, it'll be around for two weeks. Yes. I've had some people say, that's not very long, that's not enough time for us to do the survey, and Mm -hmm. I do get that two weeks is a really aggressive schedule for this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but when you add the number of playtest surveys we have to do over the next year, if we doubled that, we'd be taking three years to write our book instead of, you know what I mean, it would take, we literally don't have the time, we've got to divide a year by the number of playtest surveys we've got.
1: Uh, I I must say, the first thing I noticed is that very keen to get me to take my rogue into close combat on a regular basis. Alright. I really don't think I'll be doing that. There's be, a, there's a sniper style in there too? Yeah, that's plus two t damage, it's like.
0: Yeah, but you can uh, also really take use it. You can also take the biting uh what was it called? The ranged ma- uh, tradition of manoeuvres.
1: Oh biting Zephyr. Yeah, yeah maybe. One, yeah, yeah. Um I will have to I will have to have a look.
2: I like running I, in in close combat as a rogue though because then you can just really stress out the healer because they're just there you know okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's did what I do as a rogue Most, yeah that's what I spent my life doing as a rogue just yeah, yeah. had a very well, stressed I, cleric in the corner
0: the thing I quite like about this rogue is the trap making abilities oh. so it's got two levels of them and I think the first level comes in at about level trapsmith is level 3 3 and then level 6 yeah. for improved trapsmith is it uh,
1: I've got Shrewd uh, Judgment Improved Trapsmith is 7th 7th, right, yeah And yeah. At
0: each of those, you choose um, Well, at, at Trapsmith, you get the ability to set traps Which when yeah. they go off, they do your sneak attack dice in damage mm. To whoever sets them off Nice Which is kind of cool And yeah, then at level 7, cool. you get the ability to apply effects Like poisons or vials of um, mm-hmm. Alchemist 5 or something to them And make them a little bit
1: more fun and deadly Nice, nice and of course, there's the full range of expiration acts, mm-hmm. which um, I'm quite looking forward to. Hoping I get some expiration in. Uh, I'm actually due to start a playtest tomorrow. Ooh. I know, super exciting. Yeah. I'll be a level one rogue, so we'll see how it goes. Oh,
2: very squishy then.
1: <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you can playtest a little bit of it. Yeah, well, yeah, AC sixteen. Uh, that's that's due to a combination of halfling and dragonborn. These things happen trying to find some more news. There must be more news. There must be more news. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 uh, was delayed but they released some spec for it now. Uh, 64-bit processor, 8 gig of RAM, NVIDIA GTX 780 or AMD Radeon R9 280X, which are both graphic cards, I understand these things. Yes. Um, (laughs) I was like... (laughs) I
2: Computer know,
1: parts. <laughs> the thing that might be a slight, a slight deal-breaker for many people is the 150 gigabytes of available space required, um, which is less of a problem than it might have been like 10 years ago. But that is still quite a large amount of space that one would require on your hard disk. When, you know, is, to, uh, when is the early access thing? Oh, now you're asking. Because uh, it got it delayed, didn't it? It did get delayed. Uh, It was supposed to be the last week of September, but I think it's like, any day now. Fine.
0: But I won't be allowed to play it because I have a filthy Mac. Release date October
1: 6th. You can put a
2: a boot camp partition on your Mac, which is what I've done with mine.
0: I could.
2: It's really easy. I did it. It sounds
1: like work to me. All right. Playing games isn't supposed to be work. to not play exciting games.
0: I I haven't honestly. I haven't played through a computer game in years. I'm still on Grand Theft Auto Five. Still only like two thirds of the way through that.
2: Well, there we go then. Don't worry about it. (laughs) 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 I don't have time because
0: I work so hard.
2: It's very true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Constantly working. Mm. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's Border Gate 3. Uh, P- power Rangers. Power Yes.
0: Why, why Why is Daryl telling us about Power Rangers? Power, really um, well, that's because uh, Hasbro, which owns Power Rangers and G.I. Joe <laughs> and Transformers and My Little Pony, yeah. has an arrangement with a company called Renegade Game Studios, who generally do sort of card and board games for them. Yeah. So there's a Power Ranger... Trading deck, board, card, dice, deck. Some sort of trading card, card game. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's, it's a, a it's sort sort of Power
1: Ranger p- merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But the point, yes. the point
0: is, and also Renegade Game Studios does Kids on Bikes, so it does do RPGs. Oh, and, uh, and a few sure. others. But, um, they have just announced that they will be producing the official Power mm. Rangers tabletop RPG powered by the D&D 5th edition rule set. Oh well, wow. that's okay. pretty cool.
2: Which which version of Power Rangers though? Because there's there's different types of Power Rangers, don't you know?
0: Mm. I, uh, I
1: don't, don't know. <laughs> much Are they Mighty <laughs> Morphin especially.
2: Power Rangers, for example? Maybe.
1: There's types.
2: Yeah, there's ones where there's like different types of dinosaurs, and there's there's ones with oh, animals. Dinosaur there's, Power
1: Rangers. I yeah. Mean dinosaurs.
2: Yeah, well, it's the whole thing. There's lots of different versions right. of them.
1: Well, apparently... I, I'm
2: not an expert, but, you
1: know... It's a re-edited... <laughs> you say you're
0: not an expert, but you are samurai. currently dressed in a Power Ranger cosplay outfit, and you do, on that shelf behind you, have a, a, a large, extensive collection of Power Ranger toys, I see.
2: Well, I was told I, that I this thought, wasn't <laughs> that video wasn't going to be shared with the public. I told <laughs> it was just an audio podcast, so I thought I was going to get away with
0: that. And you're wearing yeah. your
1: special Power Ranger hat, so, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just wearing my traditional Wizard of Raven hat, so Yeah, As
2: a standard it, for any just, GM.
1: Well, indeed. I, I have been GMing earlier today, so... Ooh, that I'm makes sure.
2: sense. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's Friday, so you've got to dress up in your Power Ranger suit on a Friday.
1: Yeah. yeah. Power Rangers Friday.
0: Doesn't everyone does that, doesn't It's also
2: got a helmet, so it works as a face mask as well, so it's COVID-friendly.
0: Ooh, very really important.
2: Cool. It is, yes.
0: Nice. Uh, anyway, Power Rangers... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they also uh, mentioned, but didn't explicitly confirm, that GI Joe, Transformers, and My Little Pony RPGs would be following. Ooh, but second. they very, very, I think, strongly hinted at that.
1: Uh, Isn't there already a My Little Pony RPG? There is. Yeah, so I'm not sure why. I think. Yeah. There is Tales
0: one. from Equestria. Yeah, I'm uh, not yeah, so so also have the
1: Pathfinder conversion, Pony Finder. And Don't Rest My hooves, which is the Don't Rest Your Head horror conversion. Yeah, but they're not <laughs> official, though, are they? Oh, no, they're not official.
2: Yeah. Um, they sound like, great fun, though.
1: Well, I've got a friend who says the only RPG they'll play is a My Little Pony one. So, like, uh, my, urge, my urge to run RPGs for people I know is sort of in direct competition with my, ah. Oh, do I really want to read about My Little Ponies? And so far, the. Well, um, why not? Magic husband. is
2: friendship. Friendship is magic, even. Not magic is friendship.
1: <laughs> well, unless you've got a charm person.
2: That's yeah. very true.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I'm not entirely sure that qualifies as actual friendship. That's. Uh, magical coercion. <laughs> I mean. Consenters consenters <laughs> as a whole, uh, it's I'm a like little problematic, really. yeah.
2: yeah,
1: I mean, a little that's bit, true. a little
2: bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's what My Little Ponies are about, you know.
1: <clears throat> not about using. Magic has friendship. Okay,
2: fair
1: enough. Yeah. No, no, they're saying friendship is magic.
2: Yeah, that's the word. Not
0: not friendship is caused by magic. Mm -hmm. Does that Mm -hmm. cause a relationship? Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: It's made descriptive and that's important.
0: Exactly. So, have you two seen the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the 80s? Yes. Uh,
2: Shall I tell you the day I was born, (laughs) Ross?
0: Please don't. So, you're talking, you've never seen any type of media that was produced before you were born?
2: No, never. It not exist. No, I haven't actually. I was born in 89, so I kind of missed the hype. Oh, around right, that. so you've
0: never heard the Beatles because they were
1: before? Who are and they? You've never.
2: Some sort of horticultural yeah. band?
1: Yeah, yeah. they the best insects you've never heard of.
2: No, I haven't, is the summary. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So <laughs> well, it, it was okay. I it was okay, yeah.
0: So it, yeah. Was, it was kind of popular at the time. Anyway, so some f- the, the final episode was met, never made. Mm. There was a script for it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it got cancelled. What? Yes. Uh, so nobody ever saw the final episode. But there was a script out there for it. And mm-hmm. what's happened is some fans have mm-hmm. taken the script. Yeah. And they used animation from... Previous episodes very cleverly spliced together. It yeah, is quite, it is quite clever, and and got some voice actors in uh, yeah. to make that final episode. And it's it is clever. It's you know it's not you know it's not, pi- it? it's not Pixar standard, but
1: it's well no, but still, I mean, considering what they had to work with, yeah. which is a over thirty year old cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite impressive that they've actually managed to create a whole. They, new they year, so. managed to do it. It's yeah. up on
0: YouTube now. You can watch it. Um, All right, be
1: back in half now. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and even uh, Gary Gygax's son um, mm. men, uh, mentioned it on on the Twitters. The, 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 the Twitters, the Twitters. Yeah. I think it was called. on the Twitters, where it might have been on on the Book of Faces. One of one of those. One of those social medias. Yes. Um, He says, uh, two individuals have spent months of time to create this fan-ending episode for the D&D cartoon. This was not the chosen closer that my father had so wished as he had desired at least another season or three. With that in mind, this fan-generated, not-for-profit episode is first-rate and deserves to be seen and shared with other D&D gaming fans. Mm, Nice.
2: It's a pretty good Mm -hmm. endorsement of it.
1: Yeah, apparently there's two years worth of full series and complete episodes online.
2: Well, that's what I'll be doing with my weekend then.
1: Binge-watching the Dungeons & Dragons yeah. cut.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why
1: not? Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they're very long. They're only about 20 minutes each. Yeah. Well, so that's a couple of hours.
2: Sounds achievable. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, It's important to have achievable
2: goals. It is, yeah. Uh, right, oh, we anyway.
0: have some uh, new errata and sage advice for
1: D&D. Okay, you don't look very happy about that, Peter. I, I love sage advice. Sage advice is brilliant. It always improves my game to listen to sage advice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so everyone at home can't see Peter's face right now when he's <laughs> saying this. So it's okay. <laughs>
1: A um, lot of non-verbal
2: bad. communication going on there.
1: <laughs> it, it, it makes the podcasting experience so much better for everyone.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got uh, new errata documents for Curse of Strahd, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, Storm yeah. King's Thunder, Tomb of Annihilation, and okay. Volo's Guide to Monsters. And okay. New errata. These have been you, out for several years. So. Uh, yes, well, these are new errata because and they've again. got some of the uh, racial attribute changes that they've been talking about recently.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh, that so these are now being
0: officially yeah. errataed in. So, yes. marvellous. Uh, I've got a little list of some of them here, like the orc traits. That you know, the menacing trait that the orc had, mm. Mm. that has been replaced with something called primal intuition, and it gives you proficiency in two skills, basically outdoorsy skills. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, all, all the ability negative ability modifiers like Orc oh, Intelligence yeah, and, and Cobalt and so. Strength, all of, that, all of those are gone and they've been replaced mm-hmm. with other things. Okay. Um, right. Let's find some more news. Oh, this is interesting. So um, 52 free battle maps ready to use in virtual tabletops. But the thing about these 52 feet pre-battle maps is that some of them are absolutely bloody massive.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Like, enormous. Like, really, 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 really. Like, well, I can't. Too big. Too big for me to tell you how big they are.
2: Bigger than your computer screen.
0: Bigger than my house. Bigger than the world
2: one of your
0: scale went to your house, <laughs> then the world, nothing
1: in between. Uh, I mean, do you have, like, a source for these maps? Uh, yes, so we'll get back on topic, shall we? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, you started talking about dogs. That's a chewed down. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like... Well, look, let's concentrate on the important things. Where can I get fifty-two free maps, which I can then use on roll twenty? Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, these are a pair of carto- cartographers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it. Cartographers. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to even try to pronounce their names. It, it feels
1: like I'm on an episode of Open All Hours. Really <laughs> no. um,
0: so um, they have a Patreon account, and uh, yeah. it's got an archive of over five hundred maps. But 52 wow. of them, they've released for free. And there's an... Im- I, don't, I don't know if I said this word out I'm loud. I-M-G-U-R. Imgur. Imgur. Imger. Yeah. Is that how you say it? It's an Imgur. Yeah, again?
1: that's like a image hosting platform. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, I know what it is. I just never said it.
1: Oh, uh, is this from the Chai Yeah. Oh, nice.
0: If I stick the link in the
1: um, chat there for uh, you, I've yeah. actually... Yes, I have seen some of these. I'll oh, have a look damage. at it now so, as
2: well.
1: Like, um, I was actually in <gasps> oh, the, wow. the top left one, which is a giant, they, they, yeah, those are pretty damn big. It's like, ooh, 152 by 40. Yep. I actually saw that in real life because it was in one of the last games I played before we went into lockdown, mm-hmm. which was for my birthday Bonanza thing where uh, that was the uh, battle map for the final fight. Mm-hmm. It was very impressive.
2: These are really pretty as well.
1: They are very pretty. Yeah.
2: Which is the most important thing. Oh, geez, there's like a maze one. That'll be no, awful. Be imagine the
0: big one. I was just looking at. Imagine
2: it. doing that with dynamic lighting as well. <laughs> you're just
1: like, yeah, he is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to inflicting on some players. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. My character my current campaign uh, can't see mm-hmm. in the dark, and I've always had characters that could before. And dynamic lighting is awful when you're like that. Mm.
1: It just means that there's a certain amount of, well, I guess this hand is holding your torch now. Or you find a nice mage who says, uh, oh, look at you. That's some light smell.
2: Dancing mm, lights yeah. happen a lot. My character's also afraid of fire mm. because she's a plant person. So
0: Understood. she yes. doesn't
2: like holding torches.
0: Yeah, yeah it does sound okay. like fire wouldn't be, yeah, made of wood. Yeah.
2: Exactly. But,
0: yeah. 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 Okay, well, I think yeah. we've finished the news. Okay, you find yourself face to face with the Bandit Lord. Having dispatched her minions, she's the only thing standing between you and your freedom.
1: It all comes down to this. Right, exciting stuff. I want to use my sweaty desperation feet for advantage on my attack roll. Now, go right ahead. Uh, Let's see, let's see. Uh, You did
0: see the latest game update, right? Eh, what? About advantage. No, I
1: missed it. Have they made it even better?
0: Hmm, I suppose it depends on what you want to get out of the game.
1: Uh, what's that supposed to mean?
0: Well, I reckon the designers are acknowledging that the game is as much a philosophy of your expression in how you play and freedom in doing so as it is a system of rules.
1: Okay, but Advantage itself is a pretty straightforward game, okay? All two guys, you take the highest result of two.
0: Yeah, yeah, but we all know many players don't want to be stifled with mm-hmm. mechanics. They want freedom in their play without annoying things like rules. At the same time, they also want mm-hmm. rules.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Now, you see, what the uh, the Elite Barrows and Bear Owls team have done oh. is taken the next step in advanced tabletop RPG design okay. and they've introduced a bit of quantum mechanics. Uh,
1: quantum what now?
0: Uh, quantum mechanics—it's all the rage in mathematics and computing. Look, you know the cat thing, right? Schrödinger's cat.
1: Wait, 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 wait—is uh, that—is that the thing where the cat in the box is both alive and dead at the same time?
0: Exactly. The thing is, though, if you look at the cat, then it's either alive or dead. But as long as it's in the box and you can't see it, it's both.
1: I see. I see. So that's why this little box is on the table.
0: Yep. (laughs) I've always said you're a quick study. So I roll the dice into the box? Yep. And then you snap that lid shut before you can see the results.
1: Okay. Now what?
0: Right. So, well, at this point, and this is Uh the really clever Uh bit, Uh both dice are in a state of quantum flux, where they have rolled every possible
1: result. So I both make my attack and miss it simultaneously, as well as making a critical hit and thumble at the same time. Yeah. Brilliant, eh? That's, I suppose. But uh, how, how do we move the game forward? Hmm. Um, uh, uh,
0: you know, I'm not actually sure now that you are right. unsc- um,
1: Shouldn't I just look in the box?
0: No, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Here, I found the rule. Look, uh, what happens is... Uh, yeah, so uh, we, have, we now have a branching point where you both hit... And Miss, creating two parallel game universes to handle the quantum effect. So now your character is literally doubled, and we take turns with your actions and decisions in each universe.
1: And this will happen from now on, whenever I use advantage or have disadvantage.
0: Yeah, so exciting to see our hobby innovate. Who knows how many universes will result Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool, good-lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that?
1: I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour, or even more, of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow! That's amazing! Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth.
0: I did a a scientific calculation once, just to see how much we're worth.
1: Oh, yeah? How much? Uh, You
0: probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little.
1: That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I
0: reckon we could. Shh. So, Jess. Yes. You are a publishing administrator.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. That's would what they you call care me. to
0: tell? Yeah, would you care to tell the listeners what a publishing administrator is?
2: Well, my job, in summary, which I often say, is I do all the things that Russ doesn't want to do to <laughs> run EN <laughs> Publishing, pretty much. <laughs> no, but in seriousness, it's all the kind of uh, behind the scenes, kind of business administration. Um, uh, because I think Russ started EM publishing because he is an oh. RPG writer and he enjoys oh. creating worlds and writing stories. So you started a company to do that and then didn't have any time to write RPGs because you were doing all the businessy things. Mm. Um so I uh, do businessy things, which um I talk to uh printers and shipping mm. companies and logistics to try and get the books to market. Um, um i nag uh graphic layout artists about doing updates and when uh their things are going to be done on time so it can all be printed on time um i do the bookkeeping and the yeah. tax things for em publishing because right. i used to have my own business so i've done a little bit of that we have an accountant to supervise yeah. me to make sure i don't do anything wild, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, or illegal. Um, but I gather all the information for the accountant to, you know, and, mm. and, and make sure they can read it. Uh, and I, what else do I do? I do the convention appearances. So I did the online things for us this year because, mm-hmm. uh, because COVID, uh, I, on social media we'll answer comments and questions on kickstarter i will reply to messages (laughs) (laughs) i'll come back to that because i think that's a fun (laughs) bit of what i do that i enjoy
1: Uh, but i also
2: um do messages because we have an online shop empublishingrpg.com where you can order things so if um something's gone wrong like sometimes if i don't know one time somebody's digital download didn't work, so I fixed that for them. Or somebody just wanted an update on their shipping because it was a bit delayed because of COVID. So mm-hmm. I kind of organize and reply to those. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's basically she does everything, really. Yeah. So, no, 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 you mention it. I've just realized you do absolutely <laughs> everything. <laughs> no, I
2: don't, I don't <laughs> write the books. I don't come up with the ideas yeah. and I, I don't, I don't do backs transfers in the bank account. I just send them to Russ <laughs> to do, and he really enjoys it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll tell you why I hate doing that is because, A, I can't do that for my phone, so I've mm. got to go home and do it. Mm. B, it forces me to dig out a card reader and go through, like, all the security and stuff. It's a real pain he has to do.
2: I know. I've heard this many times. I've but it's like, why can't,
0: why can't uh, companies take it? money using some kind of, like, you know, modern transaction system instead of making me do that.
1: Um, so it's so only one
0: step above like bartering with goats and chickens. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, why can't you just write them a
1: check? Um, <laughs>
2: a lot of them actually do offer that, and uh, we had one of them, and, and they, 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 something was wrong with the back payment; they wouldn't accept it. So they still a checkbook, and, and Russ was like, "No, where? Why would I have a checkbook? I don't know how." It's a not the nineteen
1: nineties. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like twenty twenty.
2: <laughs> and I was electronic like,
1: payments. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I know. And I was like,
2: I feel this is a lot more secure as well for us to just. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. so that's so, in a nutshell what I kind of yeah. do. So
1: just look at right. it, say the last, it's on the logistical side of things.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind so of like at it,
1: say for the last logistics. week or two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, um, what, what what would your week have looked like in the last week or two? What have you been up to? What have you been doing?
2: For so EM Publishing. Um, so, yeah. the bulk of what I've been doing is we had this Kickstarter, uh, Mythological mm. Figures, which you may mm-hmm. be aware of on this show. Russ, I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, but.
0: I ran <laughs> <else, so>. no. <laughs> a Kickstarter.
2: Did yeah. <laughs> did <laughs> it <laughs> do all right? <laughs> yeah, it did, it did pretty well, actually. Oh, uh, so, we had a lot Sorry of backers, which is really great. And we've printed some uh, luxury deluxe editions which have like a faux leather mm. binding and they're yeah so very excited about that so we've had uh, them printed and uh, shipped over to the uk and then a whole load of them being shipped over to the us and this is a different kind of process than we normally do um so it's kind of the first time we're doing that just so we can get these really high quality level of books um mm-hmm. so this week i've been setting us up with a, a new uh, shipping partner as well mm-hmm. so we're going to get some kind of better service for our customers and uh, just a bit easier logistically for us to deal with uh, and mm. I've been setting us up with like US tax and customs forms quite a bit which has been yeah, really uh, fun oh, looks i
0: have been getting that's, emails from her that saying well else, can, you, can you tell me your passport number please <laughs> what
2: yeah <laughs> send you a message uh. i like can you just sign this uh, yeah. Yes, That's
1: the job of us name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your PIN number?
2: <laughs> I mean, with all that I know, if I wanted to commit fraud on a large scale, I very yeah. easily could, but I don't.
0: You are be honest. Like, I, I actually point. managed to overpay you last month oh, and. Yeah. You, you were you were nice enough to let me know and refund me the difference, and I actually wouldn't have noticed. <laughs>
2: well, it felt kind of like a quite a short-sighted. <laughs> it felt like a short-sighted move to nick like a hundred pounds and jeopardise my entire career. It wasn't really worth it. I don't know. My my yeah. My morals are worth more than a hundred pounds. It turns out.
0: Yeah. We well, all have a price, but it's not a hundred. It's not
2: hundred pounds. <laughs> maybe one day we'll find out what that is. Like maybe a hundred thousand pounds. We'll see if I, but you might notice that in fairness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, so that's um, the last couple of weeks, and also mm. I've been doing lots of bookkeeping and VAT mm. return things, which uh, mm. and PAYE payment stuff, which is yeah. t- very These exciting sort of to talk about tax. on the podcast. But yeah, no, it's based- tax,
1: tax paperwork for the pay system. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So it's all the financial mm. stuff uh, for mm. the business, uh, which is quite yeah. interesting because we have lots of different ways that we get money in via um, hmm. EM publishing. So we physically sell books, we sell them online. Uh-huh. We've got lots of different hmm. online uh, systems. We do that. We've got like drive through RPG or Amazon and yeah. And then also we've also got the Patreon accounts and, so mm. there's yeah lots of different we do an gets. awful
0: lot of different things don't we
2: it, yeah. yes <laughs> and i remember when i first started it was really overwhelming because before mm. i used to own a board game cafe so mm. the bookkeeping for that was a little bit easier in the sense that you just go to the till and it's like what did we sell today you know coffees yeah. games mm. books game time great and that was kind of it whereas this there's like about 15 different ways income come and come in and all different tax codes it's different countries so i was like right okay <laughs>
1: I'll fix this, is this fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> That's hot, why he wanted but, me yeah. to do it. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. No, I, I went there. I thought it was really dark. So, so I was, I was very sad. But yeah, I guess it was just more these things
2: yeah i mean yeah. anyone that's opening a retail store like at the moment especially will tell you that it's it's really hard to make that profitable and uh, coffee mm. and Dice, the one i had in in bournemouth in the uk uh we were kind of just tip, ticking over uh but mm. we weren't kind of making a profit and we're like do you know what if we have a bad month mm. or a, a bad mm. week or something unforeseen happens we could get mm. in a bad sure. spot just imagine
0: if you'd still been going mm. when covid happened
2: that's what i mean um yeah. so we did close down well. in 2019 um and uh, uh, and now and then 2020 happened so it's kind of like maybe that was a good idea
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got out of rush, yeah, yeah it was a really great
2: experience mm-hmm. yeah it was a really great experience in a good two years and that kind of gave me the skills and experience so that when i applied to working and publishing here i actually mm-hmm. knew what i was doing a bit so
1: um yeah you had a bit of experience through uh dealing with a small to medium-sized enterprise yeah which yeah mm-hmm. is going to be helpful with things like I, don't know, risk, I mean risk assessments and paperwork and that sort of thing is that also fall under your review remit we,
2: um we don't really have risk assessments to do no, because no. everyone's kind of remote working the only time we'd have mm. to do that is really for events if we were doing going to the mm. UK games expo or something like that uh-huh. and I have done some kind of informal ones for that but it hasn't been hugely in depth because those conventions mm. do their own kind of risk assessments for you <laughs> and tell you what you can and can't do so um but I did do an entire module on that in my degree because my degree was in events management. So very nice. exciting, health and safety and risk assessment.
1: Mm. Oh, so if yeah, you need no.
2: a good risk assessment, Peter, just ask. Well, thank you. That's
1: very big I wish we should do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we
0: go back to the, the sort of stuff you do on a day-to-day basis, I was thinking, mm-hmm. let's take a, a hypothetical book Yes. and sort of walk through the process from your point of view, as opposed to, cause I, I think I've talked before on the podcast about. Yeah. It from my from my end of it, but yeah. from your end of it, you, you're dealing with a different set of stuff. So where do you step in? What's your first? I'm, I'm asking you like I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You're, you're being you're being the voice of the audience, Russ. Yes, I understand because yeah. you literally taught me
2: this process and what explained to me how to do. What do you do? I'm giving you
0: this. money no, 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 no. So <laughs> This is
2: where
0: I'm going to get caught up I don't actually do anything. Russ has no. been paying me, and I've just been
2: winging it, and it's worked
1: really well for the last year and a half. Um, no, so no, where, no. so where do you step in? process yeah and, uh...
2: sure well we have um different kind of boards we use trello to kind of organize all the different projects we do at em publishing mm. so i um kind of so in... uh,
0: online project management yes and... oh, so it's a project beautiful. management
2: software um
0: yeah.
2: it's really nice and visual which is quite I quite like it so all the different projects mm. are in there in little boxes and they have a mm. color coding system so we know kind of where they are whether mm. it's being in design or it's in layout or if it's coming to kind of print Uh, when it gets to the point where the book has been written and if it's a licensed product like Judge Dredd in the World of 2000 AD, once it's been approved uh, by Mm the relevant the people, the yeah. powers the the license holders. be, yes. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the license holders, uh, or just by Russ if it's one of our, our own ones, uh, then I will kind of jump in at that point and, um, help get the files ready to go to print. So usually mm-hmm. we'll put things up on our website, um, as a pre-order and you get the PDF straight away because the PDF mm-hmm. version is, is ready and good to go. Uh, but you need to change things slightly for, uh, printing files. So um, it's just like graphic designery things pretty much because you need to use specific formats so that when you print it, it looks like how it does on the screen. Uh, yeah. without getting too technical uh yeah, so exactly. of course
0: everywhere everywhere you have it printed it's different as well which is slightly yes, frustrating
2: and different uh printing mm. companies need different formats so there'll be different formats for the ones that get sold on amazon for the ones that we sell physical copies for in our shop um so we kind of start that process and i kind of speak to and,
1: and, and keeping those files and archiving them according to which publishing spec that they need—that's also going to be quite an important part of the job.
2: Well, a lot of the graphic designers do that for us, which is quite nice. They oh, have like, quite a quite nice, nice, like, structured system. And uh, Mark, who was on last week, is the line manager, so he kind of makes sure those processes are in place. So it's kind of that up so it's easy for me to kind of do my bit so everything mm. is where i expect it to be so i don't go in and go uh which where are we uh but yeah so then pretty much i'll speak to the printers. so kind of uh, agree the price and we'll decide how many units we're getting so i'll look back at what we sold before uh what makes it a good price for what we're selling it for and things and just get so a set to element
1: of forecasting in the role as well
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, just me getting Russ to agree to pay that amount of money that we're spending on the books.
0: (laughs) Invariably, I say, do
2: we need that many? And Mark and I are like, yes, we have all these people that want to order them. We've already got over 100 pre-orders and it's been on the website for four days. And I
0: say, but it involves me paying more money. I don't like doing
2: that. (laughs) Uh, But so I do that side of things. And then there's a bit of a back and forth dance with getting the files ready for the printers with the graphic designers. And uh, a lot of our graphic designers work part time, which like a lot of people in the industry do so sometimes this process can take a little bit longer um and then when that's done the books get printed which is great and everything goes wonderfully and nothing goes wrong and then nothing
1: has ever
0: gone wrong. In that process. <laughs>
2: nothing happened just yesterday that went wrong. No. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, well,
2: I'll bring this. i this. In. Well, pretty much, uh, we have uh, a new our new copy of Rogue Trooper that's being printed, mm-hmm. and all the specifications. Um, I was looking at it the other day, and the cover scheme looked a bit odd to me. And then I realised, and I checked with the printers that they have done the specifications for it to be a soft cover book not a hardcover book like it should be. Ooh, so yes. luckily we spotted this before it went to print, but that's mean we've had to rejig people, things. It's moved the timeline along by a few weeks. And that so would I... have been
0: a disaster, though, wouldn't it? I mean...
2: I know, that's why I'm so glad. Suddenly
0: a <laughs> pallet of softcover books.
2: <laughs> yeah, but this is also part of my job, is making sure that that doesn't happen. So I'm glad I, I, I'd spotted that. And uh, then, uh, so yeah, and I emailed everyone that I pre-ordered it to let them know about the new dates, and everyone's been very nice about it, which is lovely. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I do that sort of thing, and then when the books get printed, we physically need to get them to the locations where they need to be. Uh, So, for mythological figures, that's a really good example. So, they were printed in Lithuania. And then they need to get shipped over here to the UK. So that's the first leg Mm -hmm. of the journey where they come over. Uh, And is that
1: something that you sort out or is it something that the printer sorts
2: out? So I liaise with the printers on that. So Mm -hmm. our printers uh, will kind of give us a rough quote for it. If that quote doesn't look quite right, then I'll speak to a shipping partner uh, and see if they can pick it up. But at the moment, the ones, the quotes they've given have been pretty much the same. So we let them kind of do that because it's one less thing to be involved with. And then once they're here in the UK, uh, we work with a fulfillment partner. Uh, So we're working with uh, ShipQuest at the moment. So they'll be sending out uh, your books to you. And then we're also sending some books because it's a lot because sending books to from the UK to the US has got really, really expensive recently. Because each individual item has got a COVID surcharge, which can be as much as £4 per item. And that is on top of usual shipping and also shipping in some places has increased by about 300% for some of the different carriers uh, because there's less planes going in the air and moving around. Yeah. So the space is more of a premium. So instead yes. of posting from the UK to the US like we normally would, uh, we are boxing up Everyone's U.S. orders, which is why I was nagging everyone to give me their postal address <laughs> on the mm. campaign quickly. And we're yeah. sending it over to uh, the U.S. And we now have a warehouse over in the U.S. and a, sh- a fulfillment partner there that will send them out. So that will make things a little bit cheaper for us. So that's why the U.S. backers were told it's going to be an extra two or three weeks before you get mm. that, before you get your yeah. ones. Um,
1: yeah, but, so but I... There is such a big increase in postage yeah. and um, extra charges and so forth that have been put in place. But mm-hmm. uh, really, it's the only way to make sure you can get the books without having to ask for extra money.
2: Definitely. And before the mm. campaign, we kind of looked at this and decided we were going to go this route so that we could keep the price reasonable because people, you know, kind of be put off by kind of postage prices. But at the same point, mm. as a company, we can't eat all those costs. And a lot Not of Kickstarter really. campaigns, a lot of new campaigns really fall down at the shipping part because they haven't calculated that part of the process. And that is quite a significant chunk of it especially some project not at em publishing but some of the projects i work for we do manufacturing in china and that's a whole other process as well Mm. anyway so yeah so i'm doing that so in order to get them to the us was a bit of a journey because we had to find a warehouse over there find a partner we were happy with um work out the prices for that um and then we have to register for us customs because the import is of a certain size so it's it sounds easy, but then there's all this stuff you need to do. Uh, not not you know,
1: really. Um, How oh, does it not?
0: Sounds
1: <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite involved and complicated. So oh, it's, okay. kind of,
0: it's kind of like <laughs> these things are like a million little things, isn't it? It's like mm. they all act together into one gigantic yeah, pile of stuff.
2: It is a little thing like that, but yes. So yes, that's why shipping and uh, printing can take a lot longer than because I think when you back a campaign and you get the PDF straight away, you think great, well, surely I should get the book in a few weeks. But there's like a bit of a whole process, and we've actually um, so the the Kickstarter was finished in end of July. And the, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds about right. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we said, oh, it's going to be October till they're fulfilled, which was actually for a Kickstarter really quick. Uh, but it doesn't sound that long, I suppose, when you're waiting for it to arrive at the front door. But yes, yeah, so that would be the point where I'd get kind of get involved is once the design's done. Um, but I kind of speak every week to Russ and Mark. Uh, so Russ, who's big boss man, and Mark, who's the 2000 AD line manager, so that we can plan projects and things like that and make sure that things are coming out at the right times and um, how long stuff takes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And another really fun thing I do when we're doing Kickstarters is get to go on social media, which I really <laughs> love doing. Um, Everyone
1: loves being on social media. Yeah. yeah There's so many nice people out there. So it's weird thing, so it's great. if mm. you put an
0: ad on social media, because this is what we discovered recently, when I started, I started using Facebook ads to promote our Kickstarters.
1: Mm. And,
0: you know, I'm very careful about it, and I make sure as long as we're getting an amount in pledges more than we spend on the ads. We can spend as much as we like on the ads as long as the money coming back is greater than that amount. And I generally put it if it stays at a ratio of 1.5 or above then the ad's working. If it drops below 1.5 I think okay just stop this ad try a different one. But anyway so you put these ads out and the ads are obviously public Facebook posts. So unlike your unlike your Facebook posts that you write yourself, where you've got quite a lot of control over who sees them, you've got privacy mm-hmm. controls, you can block people, you can remove comments, you can just do loads and loads of stuff. When you're making a, an ad, all those powers disappear. I mean, it makes sense. ads ad's deliberately designed to be public, isn't it? It's the whole yeah. point is um, to get as many people seeing it as possible. So you make a Facebook ad. It goes up there. You can target it however you like. So if you target it for D and D players between the ages of say twenty and forty five, who well who knows? There's no D and D Kickstarter. Five, so.
2: Yeah, it would be really. Well, yes, according
0: to Wizard of the Coast right, right? survey Wizard a while back. Old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because you, you sort of um, that's kind of the advice they say. If you go too old, uh, they're sort of like, oh, Kickstarter. I don't like that. If you go too young, um, um, they don't necessarily
1: you know have hard to get on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. so.
0: You know, you kind of want to aim, aim at the demographics that are likely to actually use Kickstarter. Um, but anyway, um, that as a side. So you put your ad up. The thing is, because it's public, anyone can reply to it. And this is where you discover that the internet... Is full of
1: assholes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? That's so shocking.
1: But, well, I mean, I think this must be some sort of exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally
0: you do kind of, you know, you do curate your online experience to an yeah. extent. So you don't mm-hmm. necessarily run across it as much as you would when you are running a public ad. Hmm. When well, you do that and you've literally got no control, you can't block people from doing it or posting on the ad. You can't do any of that stuff. But
2: I think our general community at EM Publishing and at the 2000 AD kind of forums we have and, you know, for what's old is new as well, they're a bunch of really nice people that just want to play role-playing games and they're yeah, really nice. Yeah. Like the other day, like I said, I emailed some people to let them know their pre-orders are going to be a bit late because of the issue with Road Trooper. And I had three replies straight away. they were like, don't worry, things happen. Thanks for letting us know. I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to the game. Aww. Thanks for making it. And I was like... Yeah you guys so lovely Uh, uh, but then then you go onto the internet and it's like this cesspool of uh but normally i do a lot of social media management for different companies i work for uh and have in the past um and i really like working for em publishing because em publishing is the only one that will allow me to just kind of clap back and be a bit sassy to people because russ and i it was mythological figures and because it's a fifth edition kind of but it's compatible with that. Uh, and mm. recently, Wizards of the Coast had said their statement about what they're doing with different races and things like that. And yeah. some people on the internet don't like that. Uh, and they decided Shining. to tell us there uh, yeah. <laughs> on, the, like, on that like, particular like, like, it had to
1: do with that So, Wizard sort of, so of the Coast have yeah. yeah. made the decision mm. as they've taken it to E.M. Publishing, who's... Yes. Lost, who's... Nothing whatsoever to do with the coast at all, and I don't.
2: Yeah, and I don't really mind people not liking something because, of course, we all have different RPG tastes and things we enjoy. Um, But when it comes on the side of starting to be kind of bigoted misogynistic or racist things I kind of want to step in there and somebody had put a post which was on the edge of those things it wasn't so offensive that we could delete we wanted to delete it but it was kind of on the edge of that and I messaged Russ and I was like oh this this person they're so I'd like I wish I could say this to them and Russ was like go on then And I was like, really, is that okay on the company account? He's like, yeah, sure. So I did. And then that started. (laughs) And then I had free (laughs) reign. Not a flame war. I'm never never rude to anyone. I'm never this. But I basically just hold up a mirror and kind of call it out. And everyone else that's not an arsehole really likes that. (laughs) <laughs> um, we had somebody that was like, I'm backing this campaign purely for the sass from the page admins. <laughs> and and I know it's kind of, I, I kind of enjoy it because it's kind of funny. But I also think it's really important that we reply to that because as a company, if you are the person that perhaps is a minority that somebody's making some slur about, derogatory
1: comments about. Derogatory
2: comments, yeah. It's important yeah. that that company says, no, we don't agree with that and that's not okay here. Because then mm. I think if you are one of those people that's, that's part of that underrepresented group, you go, oh, okay this is a safe place for me. This is, this is a place for me and not for the bigots. Cause if you don't mm. say anything, silence is kind of condoning it.
1: Is, yeah. Mm. So,
2: um, so that's why I generally try and say something. And if something's really offensive and we don't like it, we just delete it as well because no one's got time for that. But I do yeah. enjoy getting to do that with the end publishing because the, I think Ross and I both have quite a dry, sarcastic sense of humor. So it kind of works quite well. I, with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, just yeah, little replies, like someone says something really you know nasty and horrible and just go, oh, you you seem like a nice person. <laughs>
0: or just, that's, that's one of my favourite replies. You just go, you sound nice. Yeah, And exactly. then you just leave it at that.
2: <laughs> or just when they do a really long, in-depth analysis as to why the system is wrong or this happens and you just go, good chat. <laughs> just like, because <laughs> it's like, what do, you want, what do you want me to say? I understand you don't like it, but I don't. It's been made at this point. What do you want me to do?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but anyway, so One, that's quite of, one fun. of the
0: important things is one thing that you do well is um, you don't get angry. Because I no. think that's where it could go off the rails. Yeah. You, you know, you will make a, a little a little remark or a comment or post a gif or, or whatever, but you're not I do like gifts. You're, you're not sitting there getting <laughs> drunk and hammering away at your keyboard, going ah, or that's
2: anything like that. Think, yeah. That's what <laughs> you
1: think us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <excuse me>. Sorry. <laughs> oh, hi <laughs> yeah
2: uh no yeah exactly yeah not getting angry because it's hmm. you know it's, it's never anything yes, to get angry I, I it's
1: too short to be annoyed by such yeah. people and yeah. also they yeah. enjoy
2: it when you get angry
1: Mm. yeah yeah that's what
0: they're going for isn't it mm. they're, uh, they're, they're trying to trying to bait you, but bait you
2: but yeah and also i don't mind kind of being a bit dismissive and maybe a bit rude to those people because they're not the type of people that are going to be our customers anyway they don't want to be part of the community that we're mm. building around this game and you know and they're probably not someone i would yeah. invite to sit at my gaming table so mm. yeah
1: well, well, uh, that sounds a bit awful to be fair and <laughs> certainly if somebody was to i don't know Get a questioner and then flip in with all zeros and say i hate this game and everything that you're doing with it that would send a fairly clear message that no matter what you do they're not going to like it but mm. that, so you might as well go and make it more extreme in ways again. <laughs> well like, i
2: would prefer that because at least that's yeah. constructive feedback and they're just saying i don't like it they're not making like a bigoted comment about somebody else that might play the game that's mm. kind of where i jump in
1: Sometimes they do both,
2: but... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a little bit of
0: both, but yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. So, other
1: than mm.
0: arranging, oh. producing, printing, shipping mm-hmm. books, dealing yes. with customs, yes. uh, dealing with Kickstarters, uh-huh. and uh, that's handling... That's right handling uh, social media and mm-hmm. trolls. Uh, yeah. What what, what, else, what else do you do, Jess? <laughs> yeah. What have the Romans <laughs> done, sort of <laughs> <laughs> uh, done for us? Other than those tiny minor things. What have the Romans done for
1: us? For EM publishing. Um, <laughs> well, I
2: don't know. What else?
0: what else do I do
2: for EM uh, uh, publishing? Just taxes. Yeah, I've probably okay, talked okay, about that, but I don't think we want to get too much into taxes no. and bookkeeping because no, fuh, no one cares about that.
0: Everybody everybody loves a good hours TED talk or bookkeeping.
2: Well, maybe (laughs) to get our accountant on here to discuss that (laughs) in more depth, then and talk about the accountancy of uh, of that side of things.
1: Mm -hmm. What what, what got you into like the games industry, like um, games are cool?
2: Sure, Uh, Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, So. I, I really like games in summary when I was a kid I had a copy of Hero Quest which was kind of mm-hmm. probably like my first RPG experience I know it's, it's not an RPG but that style of you know the being you a character running around yeah, a dungeon yeah. that was my first taste of that sort of thing and it was really good fun I played that loads and I didn't know about role playing games when I was younger because none of my friends invited me to do that because I was a girl and <laughs> so uh, so I didn't really get involved with that and it was only when I was an adult that um, I went on holiday with my family and my sister had just had a baby, so we'd rented a chalet, and in the evenings we'd stay at home so we could all kind of hang out and had dinner, and baby could sleep upstairs. And my brother found our old copy of Hero Quest and brought it along, so we kind of played it in the evenings. And I was like, This is brilliant, I need to kind of get involved with this. Uh, and so then I had a Google online and I found a local role playing group, Bournemouth Berserkers, which is still running yes. throughout COVID. Yes. Oh. Uh, and I jo- I joined up there and I'd recently moved to Bournemouth and I didn't know anybody except my boyfriend at the time. So I kind of just wandered in and was like, "Hello, I've heard games are a thing. Discuss."
1: <laughs>
2: and uh, yeah, and then yeah, so people took me under my their wing. And the first person that pl- uh, GM'd a game for me was Mark Kenobi, and we played a zombie survival horror themed game. Funny enough. Um, Uh, And then we became friends and ended up playing uh, board games together as well as role playing games. And then that escalated into opening a board game cafe. Yeah. So uh, I got pretty into it, you could say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so before I um, opened the cafe, we did uh, lots of kind of gaming conventions. We did that, you know, how Thirsty Meeples does open gaming area at the UK Games Expo. We basically did that kind of smaller events like WinterCon and StabCon South and Indiecon and, and events like that. Uh, so we run a little board games area there. And really, I really enjoy teaching and sharing games with people. Mm-hmm. and so we opened the ball game cafe and then that happened uh, and then then we closed down in 2019 uh, in, sum- in summary we had-
1: <laughs> gave, gave it a run but yeah. we,
2: gave, we gave it a run yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then closed that down and then I was thinking about what I wanted to do uh, kind of career-wise and I wanted to stay in the games industry oh, um, yeah. but it's quite a tough thing to break into the games industry in a paid Wrong. role as many people listening will know um, mm. and so I was kind of like wow well, I'll make steps towards that and it might take some time but then in April um or maybe March or April 2019 Russ put the advert out for a publishing administrator and it was kind of basically somebody that knows about games and that can support me running a small business and I was like i run a small business, uh, so I could do that. And so, uh, yeah, I had an interview, and Russ was like, yeah, you probably can do that, and gave me the job, which was really great. Uh, so it's a part-time role, which a lot of, in the games industry, a lot of jobs are. And so I also cobble my time together with two other part-time roles, working for Longpack Games Manufacturing, which is a board game manufacturer in China, and Alicat Games, which are a board game publisher. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's pretty much my journey in, in games.
1: Yeah, that- If you were going to give advice to someone who would be interested in working in the games industry, but Mm -hmm. like maybe they're not particularly good at the creative side or the artistic side, I mean, what sort of uh, roles would you recommend?
2: Well, if you think about any business, like any big company, you've got different departments, like you've got your HR department, you've got your finance, you've got, you know, all these different things, gaming companies are companies. They need people to, to to do these different things. Now, obviously, um, if it's a small business uh, or, or like an indie company, opposed to like Hasbro or something massive like that, then obviously it might be a part time role, and you'll probably wear many hats. But. Yeah, I think think about your skill set and what your work experience is and how that would be useful to a company. Like I love games, but I'm not an RPG writer by any means or a game designer. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But I want to be involved in companies that are making those things because it means Mm -hmm. I get to play test them and and be part of making them a reality and all this fun Uh, stuff.
0: So Uh, what is it that appeals to you about that side of things? Because you've said to me many times that you're not interested in writing, you're not interested in that side of Mm -hmm. it. But what is it that appeals to you about the... Well, the sort of logistics side of it. Oh, games are um, awesome. So
2: I, I think them, two people. Yeah, I think what Peter mm-hmm. pretty much said. I I love games. I love playing them, and you know, being being around them, and I like mm. being a part of it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like. I guess it's, you know, when you get the theatre kids in school, which I was very much one of as well. If you uh-huh. Just to add to my geek credentials, a different layer of geek. <laughs> uh, you know, you have people that, that would like being part of the production. They're like, you know, I'm not an actor. I don't want to be on stage, but I want to be part of creating this amazing thing. So maybe they'll mm. do like the set design or the costumes or, or this stuff. I, I'm kind of like that person. So I kind of help make it happen. And my name gets to be in an RPG book without me being any form of creative.
1: And it makes you write stuff or try and draw pictures yeah mechanics or things
2: exactly i mean i've I've never really given it a stab but i just know it's not my skill set and i know i can be more valuable to a company doing that and i do enjoy um the kind of the logistics and shipment because it's kind of project Uh, management so i do enjoy the side uh, of when it's done which sounds bad it sounds like you don't enjoy a thing if you're like i like the end <laughs>
0: but the, the, you know the satisfaction, satisfaction of doing right. it yeah.
2: yeah yeah the satisfaction of doing it is, is, is good and i like <laughs> uh getting to deal with the public and when they send i get loads of nice messages And publishing people going like oh hey i've just got my book and i really like it and, da, da, da. and there's uh people that like do live streams of the games and stuff uh, and so i get to see people you know enjoying them and stuff so mm. that's that's really cool and I Maybe get to it's really play interesting games before how,
0: they come out. Yeah. Just how well, different people simple. are just like drawn to different mm-hmm. things. Like, for example, I, and you say you don't particularly want to write and stuff. I absolutely hate doing the stuff that you do. I can't it's stand like a- it. I mean, I know. Well, yeah. can't <laughs> it's stand like, it. It's I really.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, mean, I know that, Russ, because just-
2: <laughs> I ask him to do some admin <laughs> bits sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know you no. ignore yeah. the email. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> Please do sign that and send
0: it back to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's also they've always like annoying things that I've got to sign a, a thing, which means I've got to print the bloody thing out and then sign it and then scan it. And it's like it'll take like 45 minutes just to get the printer <laughs> working again.
1: I would I do as much as I, I do as
2: much as I can for you, Russ, really. But there are some
1: things.
2: <laughs> there are some, there's some other limit. I can't forge a signature on things. <laughs> Your eyes are yeah. looking there, going up. Oh, Could I ask her to forge things for
0: me? <laughs> yeah. I have an option to do. <laughs> so, so you work remotely?
2: I do, yes. Um, Which has been great in 2020 because I, well, yes, I was set up for it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what? What do you think about um, the whole? remote working situation i mean you were doing it before covid came in Um, i've been Mm -hmm. doing it for years too so we both Mm -hmm. both have worked like that but um i mean do you prefer it to working in an office do you like working from home
2: (laughs) yeah i love working from home i think it really depends on people i think uh COVID with a lot of people working from home has kind of drawn out what different people like Mm. Uh, it really suits me because I um I have a dog so it means I can be at home with him which is great Uh, so I can just take breaks and kind of you know take him for a walk and and things like that and be about Mm. and I also if I get on a roll with my work I'll just stay and work really late so sometimes Russell get emails from me about like one in the morning or something silly um because if I'm stuck in a project I'm like do you know what I'm just going to Go through and and work for as long as I like into it, and then I'll have a line the next day. And um, so it kind of gives you that flexibility uh, with remote working that, as long as you get your jobs done uh, to the deadline that it needs to be done on time, you can kind of work whenever you want. And that Mm. flexibility really works for me. And also, I'm very much a little introvert nerd, so I don't mind not being in an office with loads of people. My housemate is the complete opposite, though. He, He hates working from home, and he's just like, yeah, so I feel very sorry for him that I'm his only company really throughout lockdown. Mm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I, I like working from home too. I, I can't <laughs> even imagine, to be honest, working yep. in an office. I can't even remember what it's like to work
1: in an office. To be honest, it's been, it's, it's pretty awful for a long, <laughs> long, long time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that's come through mm-hmm. in our late discussions is the importance of reliability, like meeting deadlines. Yes. It's just like number one thing and communicating about those. Definitely. Mm. I
2: think you have to be very yeah. organised to be remote working and to work for yourself. Because uh, mm. like i of
1: a motivation as well.
2: No. Yeah. Because so, mm. no one's gonna stand over me and check what I've done that day. Like Russ doesn't email me every day and be like, What have you been doing? How many hours do you? What did you do? I just I have a weekly I do have a report by Russia that I've
0: done. You never reply to them. Shh. Have you then checked your junk folder
1: recently? Oh, <laughs> God. course. Imagine. It's a thousand people. Oh, no,
2: thousand emails from Ross. No, I do have a like a little uh, uh, spreadsheet where I write in my hours, like what I've done, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so Ross can go and check that whenever he wants. But I feel like he doesn't check it at all because he overpaid me by several hundred pounds last month and didn't even notice until I told him. So I don't really think he tracks what I'm doing. But stuff just happens, and he seems happy enough with that, so it's fine. Yeah. One thing uh-huh. I really,
0: really like is the ability to just say, "Okay, Jess, can you handle that?" and then I can just stop thinking about it, and I know it will get handled and I think that's that's an important skill because some people Mm. you can't do that with Mm. Uh, yeah and that's that's that's, someone in Jess's role Mm. needs Mm. that skill to be able to take something on and just go away with it and get it done and she might you know check in with me occasionally ask me a question or say I need this signed or whatever but Mm. I know Mm -hmm. that she's handling it i don't have to check i know it's going to get done
2: yeah and with communication we do every week uh we all do like a little weekly update of this is what i've been doing this week and this is what i'm doing next week and then we Mm. can just you know nag for stuff that we need as well so generally my emails always have a few nags for mark and russ i'm like emailed you early in the week asking for this please can you send it to me (laughs) (laughs) tell me i'm wrong russ (laughs) yeah (laughs) have you paid this invoice yet
1: (laughs) Shifting this into place.
2: But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, a, a bit of my job, which Russ did mention when I was interviewed, was like wrangling creative people uh, because mm. I'm quite an organized uh, and, you know, logical person with my work. So everything's kind of laid out. Uh, but creative people don't think or work like that at all. Uh, and so my job is trying to kind of herd all the creative cats into one place to mm. create a, a physical product. Yeah. Um,
0: I'd, I think it's important also to remind creative mm-hmm. people that their stage of the project, there's a whole mm-hmm. load of stuff that has to be done afterwards.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, you know, all of that's getting delayed as well. And it's a whole knock-on, like a, yeah. of, like a domino effect when, when things start falling falling by the yeah. wayside.
2: So if it, like, we wanted to release a book for um, kind of, say, December, we want it to be out in print by then and in the shops, yeah. that means, okay, so I physically have to have the books in... in the warehouse by November so that I've got time to let distributors know and send it to them so they can then send it to retailers, blah, blah, blah. So that means really to allow for shipping time and things to go wrong, I need to kind of have it start shipping in October, which means really I should start the printing process in September. So we need the book to kind of be finished with all the digital files by August. Yeah. Uh, and the, then when you think about it that way it's like okay so that's the graphic designers doing their bit in august say so we actually need the game mechanics and all the writing and all that's to be finished in you know the month before that so it's kind of a long process and mm. i always in project timelines add in several weeks of faffing time because so much of that happens when you have different people <laughs> passing on a project yeah. you just get several weeks lost to just people faffing about and Different time zones as well because we have uh, a lot of people we work with that are based in the US and we're based in the UK, and so obviously that can make things different with emails as and passing on we're we're to
1: go to bed, mm-hmm. or, uh, some of them will just be getting up exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, luckily,
0: it doesn't really involve having to work at the same time as those people, which no, makes no. it easier.
1: Huh.
2: But if like I send revisions to somebody, um, and I'm like, oh hey, you need to update these files because the CYMK needs to be at 100% on page 32, which is the Whatever kind of things that like <laughs> I, I don't know what half this stuff means. I just, I'm like, that means thing, graphic designery Uh, because I dated a graphic designer for about eight years so I know that means the
0: The, the printer just says something jargony to you and you pass it on to the graphic designer
2: pretty much I copy and paste it I'm like the the printer said this can you do this
1: and they go yes I know what that means
2: and I'm like great thank you Um, but yeah (laughs) Yeah, pretty much pretty much I was meant Um, to be doing a graphic design course earlier this year so I could understand some of that a bit more and maybe uh, do some of the little tweaks myself because that would mm -hmm. cut out a piece of the process but then a global pandemic happened and the university wasn't running mm -hmm. the courses anymore more so Mm. maybe next year
0: yeah yeah well i think we've probably it's coming up to four o'clock so we probably should start winding down sure sure i hope you enjoy
1: coming on coming on the podcast Thank They're you for inviting
2: me. I hope it was interesting. I always feel like my part isn't the very exciting bit of the process. Cause it's not like the creative fun-making stories
0: but like, the, like, the, the All of the <laughs> sort of logistical stuff that we've covered in the podcast or that I've written, like I did that, um, how to promote your Kickstarter article mm. a, yeah. a few weeks ago, and stuff like that. People really seem to like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are always well, some of our most popular things. things. Well, well if I anyone wants, important. you know,
2: advice on logistics and stuff like that, you know, do yeah. just let us know. I'd be happy to come, you know, talk about it. Uh, and actually, if you're a creative person, it's sometimes good to just hire freelancers that will do that side of things for you yeah. as well. Like hire hire someone as a freelancer for a project. Just be like, hey, I want somebody to manage the. There's companies that will do that
1: mm. for you,
2: or like people like me that could do that. So if you if that's really not your bag and you don't want to deal with it because you want to be busy creating your next product.
0: Hmm. Get, get someone kind of that does that like to do it, it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> and on that note on that <laughs> <laughs> um, it's time to say goodbye for this week um, it's been a blast having you on Jess really enjoyed that chat thank you,
2: thank you for having me I've, it's nice to be on the show
0: thank you everybody for listening until next week it's goodbye for me Russ and it's goodbye for me Peter Coffey from the South African Northern
1: World Wars
2: and it's goodbye for me Jessica from the EM Publishing
0: I mean, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe there's this, like this clone army of Jesses and everybody has one.
2: Yeah, you do have to be ginger to do this job. It's part of the <laughs> yes. prerequisites, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's why we're quite rare because obviously we know they're only 1% to 3% of the global population. So it's,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's clearly that's what's holding a lot of RPG companies back. Yeah. Mm. They're just having to do with non-ginger personality. Like frankly, it's unacceptable.
0: It is, yeah. Well, well, technically, I've got a ginger beard, so I could
1: do it.
2: Well, that's why you did it before, you know, kind of I joined the company. So I, Mm -hmm. I, I took on that part of it.